Welcome to Heights Christian Church. My name is David Shepherd. I'm one of the elders here. I'm also the administrative director. Right now at Heights, we're doing a five-year Bible reading plan. We're at the end of the first year or of the five-year plan. Every year, we print out a new pamphlet that tells you what we're reading on what day so you can follow along with us. And then on Sunday, somebody gets to come and deliver a message from what we read during the week. You can also go to our YouTube page, which is YouTube backslash Heights Christian Church. And every day there's a devotional. It's usually eight to 11 minutes. It covers the reading for the day and one thing from that reading. Jeremy does a really good job putting those together and some of our members have also done them. So this week, on Tuesday, Jeremy put out the video for Deuteronomy 8. Did you watch it? Okay. So Jeremy recorded that 10 days previous to Tuesday. And he had called me and he said, hey, what's the title of your sermon? And I didn't have it yet. I was throwing different things around. So on Tuesday, I watched his video and he called it, Don't Forget the Lord. The title of my sermon is Don't Forget the Lord, Your God. I watched the video four or five times, and then I had to start reworking my sermon because he took Deuteronomy 8 and all of my notes. How he got them, I don't know. Um, and, and that was my sermon in a nutshell, and he did a really good job with it. Um, and, and some of the questions that he asked, you know, when do you tend to forget God? Is it when things are bad? No, that's when you, you reach out, you cry out. You're like, God, why me? Help me. You know, we, we tend to forget God when everything is going our way, when our bellies are full. We've got a warm place to sleep. We forget. So let's read Deuteronomy 8. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of the Lord swore that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out. Your foot did not swell in 40 years. Know then in your heart that as man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you, so that you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of fountains and springs, flowing out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full, And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments 
and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest, when you have eaten and are full and have built, built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and, multi- the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions, its thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of a flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and might, of, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. It's easy to forget when the things are good. You think, I did this. I got out of bed. I went to work. I worked hard. I had the plan. I did this. No, 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 no. God did this. I knew seven years ago that I was going to be leaving my current job. I was working at a pawn shop. Mark had just preached a sermon. I sat right over here. At the end of that sermon, I said a prayer. I said, God, here I am. Send me. I had no idea what he had in store for me. I didn't know if I would be going back to trades or opening my own pawn shop. And then things started to change around here. And somebody said, hey, what about this guy, David? Why don't we, why don't we bring him in and put him in this position? And I said, I said no, that's, that's not for me. And I fought with God over that. But if you just stop and remember... Every day, it's about God. It's the little things. It's the, hey, I made it to work on time without getting stopped in traffic on I-40. Hey, you know, my kids are healthy. Hey, I have food to eat. These are the things that were promised in Deuteronomy. And we just have to not forget those things, even in the good times. It's easy in the bad times. Oh, I got a flat tire. It's God's fault. It's not God's fault. But it's, it's those things that I think we need to focus on more and we need to have those prayers, good, bad, and ugly. You know, at the end of the services, Jeremy's been calling for people to come up front to pray with the elders. And one or two once in a while, sometimes three. I would love to see the Holy Spirit move in our congregation. And no matter what your prayer is, no matter how insignificant you think it is, praise or prayer, Come up and pray with the elders and show that prayer works. So one of my prayers over the last year, I've been doing this job a year now, 
has been about schooling. I start school in January. So that's the next big step that I will be taking. Now, since I've been an elder, seven years, I started being asked to do communion meditations. My communion meditations, I have really, really focused on the Old Testament. Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. Where is he? What page? He's on all the pages. But today, I've changed it up a little bit. Because what I've done is I've gone to Jesus in the New Testament and show how Jesus used the Old Testament in his preachings and his teachings. Deuteronomy was an important part of Jesus' ministry. It's clearly one of the most important books in the Old Testament. Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy over 40 times, more than any other book. He used the book in his own life more than any other book in the Old Testament. Many people today believe that the Old Testament is done, that it's over, it's in the past, it doesn't matter. But even when Jesus walked the earth, he referred back to it. And I think that we still need to refer back to it today. For example, Jesus answered all three of the temptations in the wilderness with quotations from the book of Deuteronomy. So if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 4, I'll start in verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered him, It is written. Where is it written? It's written in Deuteronomy 8.3. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their heads they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written in Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, In Deuteronomy 6.13, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Since the person of Jesus, since Jesus is at the very heart of the gospels and Deuteronomy was so important in his life, it it should not be hard to find the gospels in the last book of Moses' Pentateuch. We can see the gospel in the overall structure of the book of Deuteronomy. While it is true that a majority of the book and the center of the book are occupied with the laws, that's Deuteronomy 5 through 26, and the consequences of keeping and breaking those laws in Deuteronomy 27 through 30, this law section is surrounded by grace. The first four chapters are, in effect, 
an account of how gracious God has been to Israel in the past. So God's grace in the past served as a context and motivation for Israel's keeping of the law. Likewise, the last four chapters are in effect an account of how gracious God will be to Israel in the future. So God's grace in the future serves as a context and motivation for Israel's keeping the law. In the book of Deuteronomy, the law is surrounded by grace. And keeping the law is a response to grace received and anticipated. We also see the gospel in the central section of the book of Deuteronomy. Keeping the law in the book of Deuteronomy is a response to God's grace and not a means to earn God's favor. The truth is articulated nowhere more clearly than in the Ten Commandments, Deuteronomy 5, where all of the commandments are rooted in God's gracious redemption. The Apostle Paul certainly saw the gospel in the book of Deuteronomy. The law is surrounded by grace, and keeping the law is a response to grace received and anticipated. In his letter to the Romans, for example, Paul drew Deuteronomy on Deuteronomy to teach that the law reveals sin in Romans 7, 7. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin for I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. That righteousness is by faith. That a circumcision of the heart is necessary for true obedience. That keeping the law is the way to love one's neighbor. That we should not seek personal revenge. That we should expect Gentiles to be added to an originally all-Jewish people of God. Finally, well, not finally, finally in these notes, but I have more to say. (laughs) Finally, Jesus saw saw the gospel in the book of Deuteronomy. This is revealed not only in the quoted, that he quoted extensively from Deuteronomy and used it in his own life, but also in that he reflected theologically in Deuteronomy. When asked, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, by including a quote from Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. This is the most important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus taught that we love God because of who he is, the Lord our God. We love him by keeping his commandments because he is our God. He is not our God because we love him by keeping his commandments. That is grace. It is gospel. And because we have received his grace, we keep the second greatest commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We love because he loved. We extend grace because he extends grace. So, If Jesus can take a book from the Old Testament, which is all they had when Jesus walked the earth, they didn't have, the New Testament was written as it happened, but they had to have scripture to preach and to teach and to show the law, like in Deuteronomy, which is a repeat of Leviticus. And repetition was important 
And, and Jesus showed that time and time again, repeating things over and over so that people would know the love of Christ was the most important thing. And if we can keep that in the forefronts of our minds and remember, remember, read it again. It's the Old Testament. It's the law. The New Testament is awesome. But so much knowledge is buried in the Old Testament and so many people just think it's done. If you're looking for a new reading plan, start in Genesis, read through the Old Testament. It is incredible. You will see Jesus on every page. I promise you, you will not be upset when you're done reading it. I would ask for the praise team to come back up at this time. And I would again invite all of you, if you have a prayer, no matter how insignificant you think it is, whether you need $20 for gas this week, whether you have a praise because everything in your life is perfect and you have food to eat and a warm place to sleep, come forward. The elders will be up here. Ask for prayer. Tell us your praises. We want to know that God is moving and living and active in this church. And I see it. And I want you guys to see it. But if everybody just sits on their hands and nobody wants to share, we can't see it. So get up and get excited that God is alive in this place and it's growing and it's contagious and the Holy Spirit is here. Pray with me. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all of these people that came in to our church, the visitors, the returned people who were here in the past and our regulars. Lord Father, thank you for each and every one of them. Thank you that they could hear this message that I stumbled through with your help, Lord Father. I could not have done this without your grace. Lord, help these people to feel the Spirit move in this place. Have them stand up and share or come forward and ask for healing, Lord Father. You can do all things. Lord, I thank you for this time again. Help us to go out into the week remembering to love life. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.